Hello, and welcome to the Built Revolution Residential Podcast, brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group. We live our lives in the built environment. Our homes provide the places for our families to grow, our friends to laugh, and for us to be refreshed and recharged. We hope that you enjoy and you may be inspired by great conversations about innovation, change, challenges, and solutions with thought leaders, inventors, change agents, and other industry friends. Join the conversation to improve our industry. Hello, this is Clark Ellis with Continuum Advisory Group, and welcome to the first episode of the Built Revolution Residential Podcast. Uh, We'll be speaking with a number of residential and home building industry experts, innovators, thought leaders, commentators, and practitioners uh, as we go forward. And we're very lucky today to have John McManus, the uh, Vice President Editorial Director for the Residential Content Group at Hanley Wood. Uh, a long time, very astute uh, analyst and commentator, uh, industry leader at Hanley Wood. Uh, and he's going to talk to us today, or we're going to have a conversation about his perspective on, on the key issues facing the industry uh, in the next 12 months. So, you know, we've got, we've got a lot going on, uh, a lot of people trying to figure out wh- whether we're, we're going to be dealing with a, a correction or, or a downturn, or we're going to continue to see the expansion. We've got lots of challenges uh, on the supply side of the industry. So, you know, I think John is a, John is a great person to to get this dialogue started. And uh, I'll just say, John, welcome to the uh, Built Revolution Residential. What's on What's on your mind as we as we uh, get together on this uh, this beautiful uh, May morning? It's a pleasure to talk with you, Clark, and I'm I'm honored to uh, be your guest. Uh, look forward to our conversation this morning. I, I, it's a great moment, I think, uh, to try to get a, a high level view on things. I mean, I think that our uh, community, our business community is doing well. It's doing uh, what they do uh, on execution and strategy and foresight to the degree and to the extent that they have been showing and proving that they are, are competent companies uh, in a uh, shifting marketplace. Uh, I think that the questions you just raised around the economic environment, uh, the the challenges uh, ranging from, you know, the supply side constraints that have been chronically challenging the the businesses for the last several years, uh, to some new dynamics that started to come up around uh, what was going to happen with mortgage interest rates and the fact that the Fed uh, made some increases last year that caused some. Uh, psychological uh, change in how consumers, uh, potential home buyers, looked at what their monthly payments were going to uh, amount to, and got a little skittish, uh, being as aggressive as they've been. So I, I think that uh, as we move into the middle part of 2019, there are probably as many you know headwinds as tailwinds. Uh, there's a, uh, a sense that over the last couple of months there have been some uh, signs of uh, a kind of a resurgence of of demand interest, of traffic, of sales absorption. It's kind of a feeling that uh, things may start to uh, spark again. Um, and at the same time, I think there are these meta challenges uh, that the builders, uh, the developers, the investors, the architectural partners, all the people in the ecosystem of you know, the market rate uh, residential area uh, have to, even though they've been competent companies, they are challenged to become uh, 
new and resilient companies with some new kinds of challenges that I, I look forward to talking with you about. You, you, you kind of piqued my interest with particularly you know, great, great comments. Um, that last that last point you made, um, you know, about uh, you know service providers, professional you know companies, um, you know, et cetera. It sounded like you 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 felt like they maybe not need to reinvent, but really need to figure out how to raise their level uh, of performance and the value they're delivering to the industry. Is that am I am I reading that right? Uh, yes, and I I think if you uh, there are lots of different access points into that issue, and I think one of the most powerful ones that I can think of has to do with uh, if you think about your experience as a consumer or or my experience as a consumer. I certainly know what a really good experience is when I'm uh, dealing with uh, someone, some company, uh, some service that would uh, try to offer me value. Right. And when I have uh, a great experience uh, in uh, that kind of dynamic, then I start to expect that that will occur across the board. And when you uh, imagine uh, you know the average uh, home buyer or, or would-be home buyer saying i have two or three or four hundred thousand dollars i'm going to spend if they were to walk into a nordstrom or to uh, ritz carlton or whatever they would be treated like kings you know they would be uh, given this amazing uh, feeling that um, they were the center of the universe and i think that um, that's one of the big challenges for our, our community be, because I think that consumers on a very uh, wide basis have this exposure to a very, very strong consumer experience. And then there is a disconnect that they feel when they start to move into this area of one of the most important consumer decisions they make, which is and the most uh, expensive outlay they make in their lifetimes, which is their home. And so they see this uh, imbalance uh, and, and they wonder why they can't have um, a similar kind of uh, strong experience. So as much as I think that the home builders and the you know, people who design them and the people who manufacture the products that go into them and uh, all the different partners there uh, do a good job on their product uh, and uh, do you know, very good with the, the structures and even the community planning, there's something that is not quite um, coming together in terms of making that experience um, as uh, what it could be. And I think that that's really where there's a big opportunity area. I think that makes a lot of sense as you, as you, as you look at the way the, the, the broader economy you know, has evolved from, from products to services to experiences. Uh, and you, you, you named a couple of really good ones there, um, you know, Nordstrom's and, and Rich Carlton. Um, where they've really built, you know, their brand around how they deliver the experience to the to the customer, um, but even even companies maybe like like Amazon uh, have have even up the ante more in terms of uh, how easy it is to do business with them, how quickly they can deliver, um, and for you know in many ways ridiculously low prices. Consumer has been trained to expect. You know, whatever they want, whenever they want for almost whatever they'd like to pay for it. By nature, part of uh, being a consumer is that um, you can be in varying economic parts of the, uh, of the economy. And the, the companies that do this really well figure out ways to be as uh, effective on Main Street 
as they are on, you know, in any kind of uh, elite area. Um, they make it so that, um, you know, there's a feeling of uh, inclusiveness uh, that, right. you know, you, you anywhere can have this great experience. Um, and I think that um, that really sort of translates and it, it kind of goes to the, this, this area where um, technology uh, and its ability to provide us uh, with, uh, you know, do a job for us in our lives to improve them. Uh, to take friction away from uh, us uh, in trying to get things uh, that we want and need, to make it so that uh, there are you know ways forward uh, th through that. Um, I, I think that that's the, the same kind of mentality that a lot of us approach um, these big financial milestones in our lives and buying a property, buying a home, uh, moving to a new community is is um, right. certainly. Uh, wide open, I think, to, I think we're very early on the learning curve as to how to bring all of that together for that experience. Yeah, when you put it in that context, I, I can see that you know, our, our industry, which, which I think, you know, right, rightly so, uh, is, is criticized mostly, heck, from within for being a little bit behind the curve in terms of the broader economy. You know, and I, I would say that, that we definitely have not made the leap, the full leap to an experience model. You know, we're somewhere still probably between a, a sort of a product, you know, product model and service. We're just starting to figure out what it really takes to get to that, uh, that level where you're delivering an outstanding experience consistently at a reasonable uh, volume or even at a high volume. You talk to a lot of, um, a lot of leaders around the country you know, on a weekly basis, and uh, you have a unique perspective. Um, or, I'm not asking you to name names at all, but are there any things that you've seen in terms of uh, evidence or strategies or, or, or tactics or things that um, that you've seen companies doing that you think are, are leading leading us down that path. I, I do, Clark. And one of the fascinating parts uh, of, of being in my job has to do with recognizing that um, we talk about home building in this uh, very writ large type of way and uh, make a lot of generalizations about um, how it works and how the business community functions and what it's good at and what it's not good at. Um, the fascinating thing is that um, whether it's a company that um, has six people uh, based in Delray Beach, Florida, um, a fellow I was talking to the other day, 27-year-old um, who's running a company called Akel Homes, or you know, a Lennar who's a nearby number one builder, um, each, each of those firms are doing some part of what we're talking about. They're making an attempt to sort of put uh, their, their own processes and their own operational capabilities uh, uh, secondary to the point of focus, which is the consumer. And they're really trying to remap how they, you know, really what business they're in. Um, I, when I talk with builders, I, I raise that question is like, what, what business are we really in? Uh, and you can name, um, you know, 25 different disciplines ranging from construction to marketing, to architecture, to retailing, all these different, uh, facets of the business. But when you try to sort of put it in the terms of who it is, uh, your, primary stakeholders are, you know, your, your customer, you maybe come down to the, a, a different kind of answer and say, really what we're 
in is the well-being business. We're, we're in the business of making it so that somebody who wants a home uh, can have it and, mm -hmm. and prosper in that, in that home and, and community. Uh, so it gives you a different way to sort of look at uh, what capabilities you need, what, what uh, intentions you have, what profit model, what operational model you develop uh, to deliver uh, value against that type of um, demand from your customer. No, I think that, boy, a lot of what you're saying is ringing true in, in the, uh, you know, the consulting practice that, uh, that we've been you know, engaged in the continuum since, uh, since 2010 and before that and prior company. Um, yeah, there's, there's been that challenge and continuing challenge of creating kind of a, an integrated way of looking at the home building business, because to your point, it really is a collection of uh, intense disciplines, some of which you, you could even argue are, 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 you know, what you what you've essentially called out there. I think is is uh, you know a focal point to rally all of those those disciplines and focus them. It sounds like you you you've seen a few companies, or maybe more than a few, that are starting to have the light bulb go on. Yes, and I think I think when you hear uh, the f folks talk, they see opportunity areas and they see challenge areas. Um, Opportunity areas that are most often talked about these days, uh, I believe, have to do with productivity. And you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, you know the the data around um, U.S. construction uh, as an industry lagging other industry sectors in terms of productivity. And when if you look at that in terms of what it means, uh, the uh, individual uh, and compared with output is is lower uh, in construction than it is in other industry sectors. At the same time, you know I know people in healthcare and I know people in education and I know people in other industry sectors and I don't hear a whole lot of difference um, in terms of those folks feeling that productivity is making these great gains. So I, I think there's a, a certain level of um, reality that um, it, it, there, there's di different standards uh, um, of productivity. And I think that builders um, have made some gains that are maybe not reflected in that kind of data gathering. Um, I think there is opportunity um, that we're seeing uh, more and more kind of initiative around uh, where you see transformation toward factory development and assembly of, of parts and pieces and having an efficient distribution system that would uh, make it so that builders could do on-site faster and at a higher quality and with less waste uh, than uh, you know traditional practices. I, th I think we're in a moment where that type of opportunity uh, is being uh, almost forced by the fact that um, the human uh, skilled labor force uh, is shrinking and going to continue to shrink to the point where um, that resource will never uh, equal um, uh, in size or cost uh, what it did before. So we, we can't, as an industry, look at uh, labor and see it um, as a, a variable that we can control and have as a low cost, um, I don't think ever again. So I think that the, uh, the need is to develop uh, solutions that have to do with automation and 
artificial intelligence and robotics and, and, and factory production that are going to help to uh, offset that lack of being able to acquire cheap labor to produce a lot of homes. You, you could even argue that even were we able to maintain the volume available or the supply of cheap labor, if we go back to the first point that, that we were talking about in terms of you know, how do we create uh, this unique, connected uh, you know, customer experience, you know, I think you could argue that, that that's, it's all well and good to use the, the same cheap labor force to produce the houses and the process that we delivered and the experience we delivered in, in the past. But that, that experience in and of itself is not going to be enough to delight the, the, the customer of the future or even the customer of today. Um, so I, I, think, I think you're right. I think regardless of the, of the availability you know, of labor, you know, the builders have to start thinking about um, the product and the process uh, that they're delivering in order to, to be able to deliver a consistent, outstanding experience. Um, I, don't know if that, I don't know if that resonates with you, but it, it really, you know, as you were talking, that, that kind of made me think about that. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that that's absolutely the case. I, I think that when you talk about, you know, being customer centric, um, uh, you know, what does that mean? What does it really mean uh, for companies that have for so long been focused on the moment of transaction, uh, you know, and a few months leading up to that? Uh, right. How do you begin to change the culture and the uh, proficiency of a company that understands that, you know, that customer's on a journey that, you know, starts maybe a lot earlier than a few months before they're actually searching for a home. Um, and so that process of really understanding that customer and that the fact that they're going to, you know, as I said, outlay the biggest uh, amount of uh, financial resource that they are, are likely to do in their you know, that, that moment of their life. So how do you sort of map into that journey? When do you engage? And then what do you learn during that period about what that, uh, what that customer wants in terms of the kind of product, the kind of community, and how responsive can you be uh, for a, uh, a home that is going to personalize itself uh, enough to make that customer feel like, you know, this is, this is my place. It doesn't mean there can't be scalability, but it, it means that, um, you know, the, the way that you kind of map to the customer needs, it's a different model. No, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I see over and over again is, is uh, how complex uh, a production builder's uh, product portfolio can become and how many, you know, in the, in the, in the kind of the parlance of, of the industry, how many base plans with elevations and, and structural options you know, exist. And then, you know, if we deliver custom options on top of that to try and satisfy customer demand, that complexity can become unmanageable. You know, one of the things that you're implying there, if not saying outright, is that, uh, you know, builders have to really maybe put more energy and put more uh, resources into really understanding, you know, what customers truly need, what's, what's going to make them you know, delighted or excited to to uh, to be part of the the, the community and, and to and to interact with that product. Yeah, and I think that sometimes we mistakenly look at that vertical construction as the uh, 
as the be all and end all of what we're talking about here uh, in both uh, opportunity and challenge. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, what causes uh, many builders to have so many plans uh, in many cases is the is the dirt, you know, essentially the dirt right. being in a municipality, the municipality has local guidelines, has local requirements. Um, and so a lot of this complexity comes from not only having uh, focus on do things for customers, but to uh, comply with the, uh, the local rules as to what can be built and what can't be built. So part of the challenge is that um, in trying to be customer centric, I think that um, we sometimes forget that uh, towns and cities and counties are customers. So are uh, investors and so are um, our business partners, our, our trades. Uh, so are our employees, uh, associates. Uh, they're, they're all stakeholders. And, and the challenge for these kinds of companies is to bring, in, bring a balance to those, uh, those interests. Um, and so that, that challenge is going to be what uh, firms either thrive or, or don't um, uh, if they succeed. Uh, you know, and th that's what I see as the big challenge here. I, I think you're right. Uh, and you, know, you and I have had these conversations in the past, uh, the recent past, uh, even, uh, about the you know, challenge of working with, uh, you know, municipalities, um, to deliver what the municipality, you know, requests or requires, you know, what, what we've seen across the country. And even we, we do a lot of work in Canada as well, and we've seen it as an issue there. It seems to be getting more challenging, uh, getting more difficult to satisfy, you know, the communities and the, the municipalities in terms of what they what they demand from the builder, uh, or from the developer. You know, I'm not sure that I've seen uh, enough, maybe from the developers and the builders to, you know, take a look at this and, and work on it strategically to, you know, to figure out well how, how can we actually approach these these communities as as partners or as as constituents uh, versus kind of viewing them as adversaries. Uh, can you think of some examples, uh, you know, in your travels where you, you, you've encountered some, where, where you've seen, you know, companies that are uh, taking a little bit of a different approach to how they manage that key constituency? Yeah, well, I, I, I think probably a lot of the um, case studies in uh, making change uh, along those lines are, are occurring in the on the west coast um, be it the bay area um, the, the the very very constrained and very um, prohibitive marketplaces that um, are either so expensive or so uh, laden with uh, political uh, opposition uh, you know ranging from you know the, the pacific northwest right down the coast so i think I think you're starting to see um, uh, some inroads in how uh, builders and developers create uh, alliances. Um, they're, they're mostly relationship-driven uh, uh, alliances that uh, fully understand the economics, uh, the local political will, you know, uh, environmental issues, the uh, impacts on the surrounding community, the ability to kind of um, get often very reflexively oppositional folks to see that um, 
you know, they may have a need um, that this uh, initiative would address. So you know, there's not, I don't think there's going to be a template that will work for communities around the country in any, any manner. I, I think that in, because of the way that um, communities grow up and there are uh, stakeholders, uh, residents, uh, voting blocks, um, uh, advocates and you know, activists and things like that, that dynamic um, is going to relatively impact um, any approach. And I, I, I think that they're the only answer there has to do with a human factor of the work to have a relationship, the work to have an understanding, and the, the work to be able to build some consensus is there. But I, I do think that some of the com prog progressive companies are looking in some illuminated ways around um, the issues of traffic, crime, uh, stress on infrastructure, and things like that, and coming up with pretty uh, positive uh, plans that um, address those issues. Mm. Um, and so I, I think there's going to be more and more of that. And I think that as we look at the way technology develops around transportation or possibly, you know, eventually autonomous vehicles and, you know, uh, maybe more and more communities that don't need as much space for garages or uh, traffic or that sort of thing. Um, you may see a shift in the disposition right. of um, communities that um, uh, don't see as much negative. And then they also begin to recognize that unless they make themselves uh, more attainable to a uh, essential worker base, um, they're going to be, uh, you know, in bad shape. They won't be able to sustain themselves as communities. So mm -hmm. those two kind of forces, I think, are going to keep the doors open for um, relationship building and, and progress there. And John, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to believe we, we've already been talking for a half an hour and we, we've, uh, we, we've sort of dug in a little bit into uh, you know, two, two of the key constituencies, the, the customer and sort of the community or the, the municipality and kind of how, how we form those relationships. Lots, lots of other ground to cover, but um, I think we're going to we're going to have to leave it there for now. Hopefully you'll, you'll agree to come back at a later date and we can delve into some more uh, some more aspects of the uh, of the home building, the residential development uh, world. That'd be a pleasure, Clark. I, I look forward to that. Excellent. Well, John, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, great insights. Uh, you know, the uh, you know, we see a lot of a lot of things happen in our practice around the customer experience and trying trying to deliver that. And then, um, you know, as you noted. Uh, the constituencies of the of the employees, uh, the trades, uh, the, the municipalities, the the other suppliers, and and, and others, you know, make this the uh, the exciting, dynamic, challenging industry that it is. But uh, thank thank you very much for for being with us for the first episode of the Built Revolution uh, Residential Podcast, and uh, we'll look forward to to having you on again in the future and, and seeing you soon. Thank you so much. This has been the Built Revolution Residential Podcast. Brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group. Thank you for listening and please stop by again as we bring great conversations about the home building and residential real estate development and construction industries to you.